Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, Please, put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's a deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how do you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just I mean. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast review show for WrestleMania 39, night one. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Night one is in the books, and we all were a witness to it. I mean, dude, I saw a lot of people on a lot of these shows that we watched this week that uh we communicate on a daily basis in the wrestling community on twitter it was really cool to see a lot of people that i know online at these shows hopefully everybody had fun i'm very jealous of everybody but i'm not jealous of anybody that had to go out in this la traffic throughout the weekend uh and i also really just don't like that many people being around that many people <laughs> yeah so, when I they mean, did I, the i'm like jealous shot, but i'm not when they did that big shot of the the whole arena i was the first thing i thought was goddamn like traffic there has got to be crazy even like getting to your seat in a place that big like that's that's crazy no uh, just that's a huge my arena. my big my biggest thought process or the, the first thing that thought uh popped into my head rather as soon as they did the the big pan out shots or whatever is like how the fuck are you even seeing that what is the point I never understood, like, I, that would never be me. If I go to a WrestleMania, I'm going to never be up that fucking high. That's pointless to me. To go through all that stuff, right? Because you can say, yeah, it's, it's for the experience, or to say that you were there and all this shit, but, like, you are going to go through all that traffic, all that money, especially if you're not in California, you know what I'm saying? Because that's a, like, if you're from a bullshit state like me, and you go to L.A., the money automatically goes way up as far as like what you're paying for for all this shit, which a lot of people don't realize. But anyway, so you go through the traffic, you go through the money, you go through the amount of people, the pro a lot of the hassle that is just uh, naturally uh, naturally combined with going to an event that large. Uh, people, because not everybody is just they're going to be a nice person. So, like, you got to deal with people, which is also not a great thing. Whether they are in charge or they're a fan like you. You got the drunk people out there. You got the asshole people out there. You got people that are not having a great day when they woke up on the wrong side of the bed that actually are in charge of, like, you know, taking tickets or security, you know, shit like that. So, like, to be up that high after dealing with all that shit, I don't think that's worth it, bro. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm a huge wrestling fan. One of the biggest of all time. But I still don't think that's worth it. That's too much stress. Too much anxiety. Uh, I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. Um, I mean, kudos for the people that I, can. But I just... I don't... I personally don't find it worth it to be sitting up that high after going through all that shit. I, it's it's got to just be like a... Just to be able to say you went kind of thing. That's, I mean, because you can't see anything. You can't... <laughs> like, 
it's it's got to just be the experience of saying yeah i was at wrestlemania or whatever you know um which is cool i guess it's not for me i wouldn't go all the way for that uh maybe if i lived in the city i'd feel different like if i already lived in la and they were like oh yeah it's wrestlemania and it's 20 bucks and you can go sit up in the big ass seats for four hours and you know you can walk to the arena or take a public yeah, transport that's or whatever. A good point, because like if you're not paying for the airport, if you're not paying for the hotel, yeah. if you're not paying for the the Uber ride over, you know, shit like that, like I, or the taxi because it's a big city, so I'm sure they still have taxis in LA, obviously. But yeah, so yeah, all the extra, all the extra shit that you would be paying for that you wouldn't have to pay for, and then you're getting a cheap ticket just so that you can say that you were there with a couple friends or whatever because you already lived there. Yes, I totally understand that part. Not everybody is that. They had eighty thousand people there. There's not, not everybody is that exact same scenario. So, but so the, to those people, like, yeah, I would I would make an exception for that though. Yeah, for sure. Um, my overall review grade wise for WrestleMania Night One was actually a lot higher than I thought it would be. I gave it a B. Uh, you know what? I I went into it thinking that some of the matches on the card weren't. I didn't care about the showcase match. Um, obviously the Charlotte Rhea match I thought was going to be good, but didn't have any build the Dom Ray Mysterio match. I kind of just wanted to see for the payoff, but it was pretty predictable. Who's going to win that. They weren't just gonna have Dom win. Obviously that'd be silly after Ray just got the hall of fame thing and all that. Um, so going into it, I was kind of like, okay, well, some of these matches should be okay, but I didn't really have high expectations, but yeah, man, I, I thought it was a really good show. Um, I'd probably give it like a B plus, maybe even a minus, like as far as, um, a cohesive night of WrestleMania matches, like even going back to the single night eras, like pre two day split or whatever. I can't, I can't recall off the top of my head a match that or a, a card that just had like no weak spots in the same way. Like you could say the Theory Cena thing was kind of a, a weak spot in it, in the sense that like uh, the match itself kind of had too much bullshit going on with the the low blows and the ref bumps and all that or whatever. Like, just too much shenanigan bullshit. But to get to the ending that they got to, which I already knew they were going to get to, I was kind of like, okay, um, that makes sense, whatever. I can look past it. And they put it on first. And it was just sort of like a, you know, warm-up match, whatever. The flow of the card went really well. The production value was really high. Um, actually, I thought it was a really good show. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, th I thought that they put on a, a very good, cohesive, tight show. The card flow made sense. Even during the, like, the, the silly uh, Pat McAfee Miz segment, at first I was just like, oh, fuck, like, why do I have to do this? And I thought about it for a second. I was like, you know what? They're doing this because they have to have something to break up the Rhea Charlotte match and the tag team match at the end. And if they didn't do that, then the crowd would be a little bit flat at the start of that. So it made sense. Like everything they did on it just made sense. It was it was a it was a surprisingly like refreshingly good show. I agree with the flow of it as well. Austin Theory and the Cena match. I'm not I'm not counting Miz and Pat McAfee, but Austin Theory and John Cena was obviously my low match of the card as Why? well. Uh, Why? Because it was garbage. Because his time is now. His time is it now though. His time because, is okay. now. All right, let's just start. We're gonna start with the very first match. All right, <laughs> we're gonna start with the low point. Austin Theory won yeah. the first match against Cena, right? Look, this was a fail on up. so many levels and not nah. because I didn't pick Austin Theory because I really didn't want to see him on my TV at all I wasn't even going to watch the match I was just going to go fucking play a game going to start my fucking board game which I actually didn't end up playing uh, Austin Theory hater son anyway yes I am and it, well deserved because he's not good the match Listen, wasn't good the match wasn't not, good first of all, all right? the match was okay no it wasn't it wasn't good the, the problem with the match was not anything actually happening in the match it was cena doing that same fucking thing he always does where he screams out spots owens did it once in the tag team match i heard him very clearly say go super kick whatever i heard the whole sequence that he called it was when he was in the corner but um no cena cena did that for the whole match and that that was the the bad part of it for me i was like god damn dude you're calling spots so loud even though cena is obviously known for that because yeah. of his voice i guess carries i don't fucking know but at WrestleMania, though, the whole thing with the WrestleMania thing is mm -hmm. they clearly had extra mics, though, so you could mm -hmm. hear fucking Owens because they want the fans to show up on TV, which is a big deal where the live viewers aren't getting that same reaction that's actually happening in the stadium, which is mm -hmm. what everybody says. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, th I think that's part of it because Owens isn't usually caught calling out spots like that because I heard it very well as well. Yeah. But anyway, to this match... The match wasn't good, in my opinion, and I don't think, in turn, it did any favors for Theory in the process 
like most legend rubs accomplish because like you said he hit him with it the low blow and all this other yeah. bullshit and you have all this shit. if you if he was if he was able to come out on raw and be like yeah i beat your idol and i beat him straight up and i didn't need any help and that was literally the whole fucking point is that he could beat fucking cena he didn't need any help who helped he needed him? help by fucking cheating with the low blow that's all him baby that's all Austin it doesn't theory. do him any favors coming out of it it really Listen. doesn't it's going to be more like a Baron Corbin retiring Kurt Angle thing than it's going to be uh, mm. fucking uh, uh, The yeah. Rock taking out Austin or, you know, mm. like something like that. Yeah, not not memeing for a second. That's actually a really good comparison. I I, I see that a lot. Um, everybody thought that, you know, you're going to have Angle go out. Corbin's going to be the guy on top. Everybody's going to see Corbin as a legitimate threat. But the way that the match played out, it just it, nobody went away with that feeling. And I, I think that's true. People will walk away from this thinking the same thing about Theory. It's just like, yeah, he, he cheated to win. Um, we understand that you wanted to book him to win. You wanted him to go over, but it doesn't have that same impact that you're that you're saying that you're looking for when you do it that way. It just doesn't work. I 100 100% agree with you that I love the match placement of it, though. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I didn't like about it is. <laughs> this motherfucker comes out with the Make-A-Wish kids, dude. I felt so bad for these kids. They lose. He loses. He's literally known for fucking... this. It's one of the main points he's known for. He comes out with the Make-A-Wish kids and then loses. And I'm like, oh, man, I felt so bad for those kids, dude. When they showed them on the ramp and they were all so fucking excited, I already knew Austin Theory was winning this match. I don't know how he's going to win it or what. But I was like, they brought these fucking kids out here that want to go to WrestleMania and probably like really love John Cena or whatever just to watch John Cena fucking lose. That's crazy. That's some Vince McMahon shit. I loved it though. I thought it was hilarious. So maybe I actually had person. the adverse reaction. Like I was like, okay, so when he went on first, right? I was like, if hmm. Cena, if the Cena Austin theory match goes on first or last, I thought Cena had a better shot of winning it than if it was in the middle of the card. Right. I thought and if he then went on I also thought won. that Cena had a better shot at winning it when they brought out the make a wish kids. I was like, Oh, yo, he's winning. Oh, he's winning. I got this. No. Nope. I, I texted you because I thought this at the time. I was like, the funniest fucking thing they could do would be if they play this Make-A-Wish promo and then Cena gets on mic and says that he's about to grant a Make-A-Wish for Austin Theory because he's always wished to wrestle John Cena and blah, blah, blah. Like, if they had spun it into that, like, just treating him like a fucking charity case, that would have been the funniest fucking thing on earth to me. And but I guess I technically, if, if he showed up on Raw, he could still turn it that way, too, by the way. But, well... The problem with that is then you're burying yourself because you lost. But like, I think. Um, but you're also like, but you're also saying it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like when you're a dad to a kid and you finally you let, let him win here. or whatever, <laughs> and then like maybe he takes it a little too far and then you go back like, oh yeah, really? You think you can? You really think you beat me? And then then you beat him or yep. whatever. That'd be fucking. Now, now I'm gonna be big match, John. Yeah, at backlash. Um, that doesn't matter. Backlash. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I understand why they didn't do that. I think it'd be a little bit fucked up. You're kind of making light of the Make-A-Wish kids, but I did think that would have been really fucking funny. Yeah, that, um, part, yeah, that part's true, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. WrestleMania showcase match. All right. Now, I didn't I didn't write notes for every match, I don't think. I think I might miss one. I definitely didn't write anything for Miz and Pat McAfee. But I was very happy to see Pat McAfee. I'll throw that out there. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, I don't know. Could, I couldn't tell, but did Cole not know he was there again? Hey, see, this is the thing, too. When I saw his reaction, I was like, fuck, he's playing this up because it got so viral last time that he's pretending he didn't know he was going to be there this time. That's what it felt like to me. But I could be wrong. Maybe he really didn't know. Uh, okay, so the WrestleMania Showcase match was something that I was glad I was wrong about mm. as far as wrong quality. About, like, not being good? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quality, yeah. Uh, I thought it wasn't going to get any time type deal. It's not because of the people that were in the match, per se. It was because... I thought they were just trying to cram people on there. It was going to be like an eight-minute fucking four-way tag team match, which wouldn't make any sense. Uh, but this match was pretty damn good. My favorite Tower of Doom that I've ever seen, because I don't even like Tower of Dooms for the most part, mm -hmm. but they had one of my favorite ones in this match. Uh, and Ricochet shine really fucking big time overall, um, as did the Street Profits. Still don't think anything is really going to come out of it for any of them, because no one's going to beat Owens Insane. No one's going to beat the Usos. Regardless yeah. of how that came out later on in the mat in the night, so I really don't think it still does anything for anyone coming forward. But I do think that it did accomplish what it was called—a showcase match. Now that I just need them to do that on a regular basis for their tag team division as a whole. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was really fucking good. The only thing I didn't like about it, and nitpicking, obviously, and I have to have some nitpicks, obviously, if I gave it a B and not an A for the overall night. 
is the fact that it's clearly a no DQ match, yet you're making people tag in and shit, and it, it made no sense to me whatsoever. The funny thing is they even said on commentary, like, oh yeah, you can't get a DQ in this, so the rope breaks or whatever, they're not gonna matter. Like, they even fucking explicit. I think it was Cole even explicitly said that. But they still enforce rope breaks and stuff, and they still enforce tag rules. It's like, we know that nobody can lose by DQ, but the ref will still enforce stuff for the, like, the theatric wrestling match as opposed to just being there to count the pin which i i hate when they do that they do that in like triple threats and stuff all the time too it's like you know he doesn't have to let go of the fucking hold what do you, you can't dq him so yeah i agree um i think that's something that every company kind of messes up though like, aew messes that up fucking new japan and I agree, they, but to your point where you said Michael Cole mentioned it on commentary, yes, that's yeah. why it was even, it was brought to a bigger light when that happens because then you're sitting out there like, well, why the fuck isn't Sarah Logan just fucking interfering constantly? Why isn't she throwing a chair into her fucking Viking Raider pals or whatever so they can fucking just beat the shit out of everybody? It's kind of like that. Like, when you bring it out to light on commentary by your main commentary guy, your play-by-play -play yeah. guy, then it, it, it magnifies it to the point where I, that's kind of all I thought about the entire match was like, well, what the fuck? Like, why are we going right back to tagging after everybody just did a Tower of Doom and this man just said it was no DQ and all this shit and it, then you got Cole complaining about Valhalla finally do finally getting involved or whatever. Oh, she shouldn't be getting involved. Well, you just said it was no DQ, so why does it matter? I did, so I did like, like Titus on commentary for this. Though. I do I like... Titus. No, that was awesome. But that, that whole clip where fucking Angelo took uh, Braun out was fantastic. But the other thing yeah. I want to say about the uh, no DQ thing is... Um, oh, shit. I think I just lost it. <laughs> but, well, I, uh, I, I have something on that, too. The, what actually got me thinking about that wasn't even this show. It was the uh, the tag match that had. Um, it was the 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 triple threat match on AEW, where you had the Elite and then the JAS and, and all that. And my immediate thought watching that was, why the fuck doesn't the rest of JAS just come out and beat the shit out of everybody? They can't be DQ'd. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a real problem. Yeah, or House of Black yeah. could have done the same thing. Uh, Julia Hart could have got involved. Uh, but yeah, so, or I think she did eventually, but you she know what I'm saying, like constantly yeah. is what I'm saying, yeah. So, and then uh, the other thing have was because Anna J came Nakazawa and fucked her up Cutler. or whatever, yeah. So, yeah. the other thing is, and I do remember now what I was going to say, is that, uh, okay, so the other thing is, because it's no DQ, this is one of the reasons why I wish they would bring in the elimination style version of it back more because in elimination style you have dq because you can get eliminated by dq or count out or whatever and i think that would make a lot more sense than you trying to enforce tags and doing the 10 counts and all the five counts and shit when it's when you clearly said it's no dq because it's a triple threat or a fatal four-way instead of a elimination fatal four-way or a elimination uh or three-way dance or whatever so i also fucking hate these matches it, this is the other problem with not using the elimination model, but it's, it's kind of in the same vein. If it's going to be a four-way match with four tag teams against each other, have all fucking four guys in at the same time. I don't like the, like, you can just tag whoever. That shit sucks. I hate that. I think that's terrible. I don't like that. I've never liked that. It's like, oh, if you end up back in their corner, they're going to slap your back and get in. Like, that's so boring. Yeah, only... Put four people in there, make it an elimination, and have them tag out to their own teams. I agree. Completely, 100% agree with that. I don't understand why that... Why... If I am going to be able to lose, right, mm -hmm. at any point in the match, and it's a fucking no-DQ match because it's a triple threat, then but why me? the fuck am I not just in the match? Why am I chilling on the apron with the possibility of losing my title... Or losing my chance to get a title, because I'm watching two other dudes. It's basically like, it's basically like you went to a fucking basketball game as a player, and I just decided to sit on the fucking bench the entire time. But I could have played. Yeah. I could have played. It's just silly, dude. I, I, I'm LeBron James. I'm fucking fully healthy. I could have played, but nah. I'm just gonna watch my team, uh, or two other teams, play or whatever, and get the championship. And I'm just gonna chill. That doesn't make any sense. Is, and if you're gonna have it no DQ anyway, it's essentially a, a tornado tag. Like there's no, there's nothing stopping that from being from happening. So why not just do any tag matches that are more than two teams as fucking tornado tags? It makes way more sense. Correct. I 100% I agree with you. Especially even in elimination style, I would say have if you have a yeah. triple if you have a triple threat tag team match, and it's, even if it's in elimination style, you have one person from each team, mm. and only tag your people. Like yeah. I don't understand why are we tagging other teams? That doesn't make any sense. 
That's so dumb. Because I if I'm a, if I'm another team like kayfabe, if I'm another team, why the fuck would I want to help you get out when you're clearly getting your ass kicked and you could fucking lose and get eliminated? Yeah. I'm gonna look at, I'm not fucking tagging you. That doesn't even make any sense. So yeah, I completely agree with that. I think I, mean, I think the rules for triple threat and four way, uh, four way dances, triple threat, uh, three way dances, eliminate whether it's elimination or uh, sudden death. I think they need to be reevaluated on these rules because. Either, either they've had so many variations that they don't really know what they're going with until it happens. Sometimes not even then. Um, or they just need to fucking go back to the drawing board and reassess the entire rules for those types of matches because they don't make any sense half the time. The, the one funny thing for a match with that rule type that I've ever... Like, it was probably the funniest thing I've ever fucking seen. is when the New Day was in one and Kofi and Xavier both end up in at the same time because they happen to tag out. And they act like they're gonna fucking wrestle each other. Xavier <laughs> just lays down to take the pin for Kofi, and everybody swarms him trying to break up the pin. Like the yeah, it, calling out the exp- calling out the lack of logic should have yeah. made them change the match right there. They're like, oh yeah, that's that is dumb. Maybe we should guess, fucking yeah. Why should we allow that? Exactly. It was the funniest thing to me because I was like, they're they're pointing out how kind of absurd this rule set is. The fact you could even think to do that. It, it's, there's something wrong with the rule set. Yeah, that was my only complaint about it. I thought the match was really good. Uh, I thought I thought Chad Gable looked great in this match. Oh, the he had so dude. many good spots. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's gonna point to the the Cesaro moment where he fucking did the rolling German on fucking Braun, mm. which was like legit. Because if you watch the replay, Braun's feet oh, barely Braun touched doesn't the, jump. He barely touched. Oh, he doesn't jump at all. But his no. feet also barely touched the mat. Yeah. So like that's all Gable. That's nuts, dude. I mean, obviously he helps him with the momentum on the roll, but other than that, that's nothing oh really because of God. how big Braun is. Yeah, that's fucking nuts, dude. Nuts. Yeah, that was insane. Um, that's that's one of those guys that you look at where they're kind of they're kind of treating him like they do. Um, Claudio, like Gulak, Gulak or Pac Claudio. or Claudio. I mean, that's pretty, like, they're going to wait till you have a big moment. They're going to give you a couple spots so everybody can see how good you are, so that they can that can carry you through through all these losses to everybody else. So they can use that as credibility for how good you are, even though you never get wins in big spots. Just like they the do. The match he had on, uh, I don't remember if it was a Raw or SmackDown. It was one of the weekly shows, but he had a match with uh, Cody. And I thought that was one of the, the best TV matches that I'd seen in a really long time from, from WWE. He's like such a consistently high performer. And it sucks that you kind of know in the back of your head, they're never going to do that much with him because they're always just going to see him as like, oh yeah, he's like a short guy. It sucks. I fucking hate that. All right, next up, we've got Rollins versus Logan Paul. It was exactly what we thought it would be. Um, A match to propel Logan's athletic ability, but wasting Seth in the process. Uh, The heat on Paul was more go-away heat than it was storyline heat. And the theatrics for both entrances were a miss for me, just so you know. Oh, you didn't like uh, like the HBK Jeff Jarrett? I mean, I don't have a problem with him doing the entrance. I just, (laughs) for wasting it on Logan Paul, though, no. Oh, no, I I meant Seth's. Um... Oh, no, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I you know what I would like? If Dragonoff would have came out and done this shit. If Dragonoff would have came out and done it, like he did for his entrance, well, yeah. that I would have been down for that. I thought that would have been cool as fuck. But no, just one random dude coming out there doing that. No, I don't know. It wasn't that great. Um, for I WrestleMania 39 entrance, no, I, I wasn't. I thought it, yeah, I thought it should have been better. You know what? The, we'll get to it later, but the entrance that I thought was kind of the funniest was uh, KOs and Sammys. Like, it didn't... They weren't wearing no fucking WrestleMania-specific gear. There was no pageantry. They legit just come out looking like they just fucking woke up. They both walked to each side of the thing and get the fucking crowd hype. And I will say that I did them. think I did think because Sammy took so long to come out, I thought he was gonna have short hair again and trim mm. the beard. I yeah. and with the hat, I was I was I was like, why is he taking so long to come out? <laughs> I was like, Owens is over there watching him watching the back. His song's been playing for like thirty seconds, dude. I'm like, where the fuck is he? I was like, oh my god, he's gonna have short hair. He's gonna fucking freak everybody out. And uh, he didn't. I was like, okay, that's fine with me. I, I mean, I don't. Either I way, it's cool long- with me. I don't care. But I, I just yeah. thought it would have been fucking crazy if he did, though. I think his long hair look kind of works for him. It looks a little bit crazed, a little bit. Well, like- what I'm saying is because of the storyline where they show all the old pictures of him and yeah. Owens together, him going was- back to that to be his friend again and whatever, and he's away from the the Usos and the the tribal, the just the the bloodline in general with all the long hair. Then well, I think then I think that would have is- made sense. But it's I mean, it's not gonna... it's not an even a nitpick. It's just something I thought was going to happen that didn't happen just because of how long he was taking to come the fuck out. Should, should Owens have shaved the patchiness back into his beard that he had when he was 19? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Owens, <laughs> should, like, but Owens looks crazy. the same. Every, Owens has looked that way ever since he's been in NXT, though. So, no, it's yeah. not the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, the 
the Logan Paul Rollins match was pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be, though, for real. I thought it was good. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it didn't, it didn't do anything I didn't expect it to do. God, it, everybody was freaking out on Twitter about his GTS. His GTS was like shit. He hit him in it the was, ribs. If even if that, even if he made connection, it wasn't even in the face. I said the same thing. I was like, I, was, I turned to Michael, no joke, after he hit that, and I was like, you know, that's the GTS and the fucking. Uh, what is uh, the um? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the lariat from Hangman, right? Yeah, Buckshot lariat. Buckshot. All right. So now he's. I mean, I was like, dude, I would not put it past this asshole to try to do the one winged angel. And I, everybody will fucking burn the internet down if that happens. And luckily it didn't happen. But I was like, dude, I would not put it past him to fucking try to do that shit. And maybe Rollins would have been like, nah, do yeah, not I, do was, that. I was literally just going to say that. I was like, I know this sounds weird, but I bet Rollins would have told him, fuck off. I don't think he would let him do that. That's silly. There, there's like, whatever weird little internet heat, whatever interview bullshit back and forth, you could tell that there's enough mutual respect there that I don't think he would ever fucking let Logan Paul hit the one-winged angel on him to kick out. That's silly. Um, yeah, the I did like the KSI spot with the bottle. I thought it was predictable when he got up beside him and he was, like, doing the selfie thing. I knew it was going to fucking happen, like, immediately. Cause well, I mean, I, well, that part, yes, I knew it was predictable that yeah. there was somebody inside the bottle because I was like, why is the bottle still out there? And he's literally standing in the same spot. And I was like, nah, there's somebody the, in there and somebody's going to get involved, but I didn't know it was going to be KSI now. I meant him pulling him onto the table spot. No, no, I know. I, I, that was predictable. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. I thought it was predictable that somebody was going to interfere that was inside that suit because they stayed out there. There were some pretty funny guesses online as to as to who it was. but uh, yeah, I was like, you think Jay White's going to waste his fucking <laughs> entrance? The prime on... model, baby. There was uh, two. Jay. There was two, though. People thought it was going to be Jay White fighting The Miz mm. that like Triple H was going to like saw that online or whatever and is going to do it on at wrestlemania to piss everybody off or to, like to do it like to troll them on purpose because everybody's yeah. making fun of you know if jay white comes into wb he's going to wrestle gonna the, Miz. the Miz program and then yeah. pat mcafee was the way that he was talking on the mic it didn't sound like he was going to have the match it was like he's going to bring somebody else out to fight the Miz at first and i was like oh my god what if this is accurate uh, but luckily that was not the case in either um but yeah i heard randy orton i heard uh, matt riddle possibly in the bottle um a couple yeah. other names so yeah i'm glad it wasn't that it made sense with the on-brand thing that Logan wanted to do. Um, I heard that his contract is pretty much up now as well. So I don't know if we're going to get to see him again. But uh, I'm glad Rollins got the win. That was the most important part. Because even though it was a waste of a WrestleMania, at least he has the W. You know, I was the other day uh, watching his interview with uh, Daniel Cormier. Um, DC MMA guy, in case y'all don't know. Um and he talked a little bit about how he felt like Cody shouldn't have the spot that he has, and he feels like he's done more for WWE, and he thinks that should be the spot that he's at on the card, and he's not thrilled about it, and doesn't really like Cody coming in and, and just immediately going to the top and all that. And, you know, it's hard to disagree with him. Um, I, I do feel bad for him. Even, even the year that he won the Royal Rumble, he opened that WrestleMania. He didn't main event. Like, it just, it always seems like, aside from that one where he came in and cashed in in the middle of it, that he doesn't really get the placement on the card that he deserves because he's always like the second guy and i don't know that he should be i think he's i think he's better um than a lot of other people in that company right now i don't think he's as big a draw as roman i don't think and his story character whatever right now isn't as compelling but those aren't things that can't be fixed if they put more effort into it instead of just constantly calling the architect and whatever the fuck like he needs an actual storyline you know my problem with Rollins, character-wise, is the fact that every time he comes out with a new character, they still go back to his old characters to refer to him as, mm. right? So, like like you said, the Architect. The Architect was goddamn... The Shield. The Shield. Mm -hmm. He's had four other goddamn characters since then, yet you keep referring, going back to him. Like, even if you go to the the religious gimmick that he had or whatever, the yeah. and or, the, uh, or this new Joker, whatever the fuck he's supposed to be now... That no one can really figure he out. Just, he just dresses weird. I don't think it's a... <laughs> He's, like, really honed in on the stupid laugh that he does. Um, and doing it on purpose now. But uh, he doesn't really even have a character, is the thing. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. If he could actually have a character that he can actually sink his teeth into, then, yeah, we could, we could talk about him versus Roman or him versus Cody. Because he's obviously a way better wrestler than Cody and Roman. Mm -hmm. But Roman has the, the draw appeal... And the current storyline right now, and Cody has the character, so that's why the they're is pushed like, more than Rollins is. 
this is gonna sound weird, but do you think the problem is that the way he looks, it's hard to take him as a baby face for very long because he just kind of has a look about him that feels more heelish. Does that make sense? I think I think even when he was baby face, what he had kind of I won't say it was the Charlotte syndrome necessarily, but sometimes he comes off in his promos as a heel, just the way he talks. Um, even as a babyface, for like the prolonged runs as babyface, I should say. Like at first he'll start out as like babyface 100%. And then like the longer it goes, the more he's talking on the mic, it's kind of like people kind of turn on him because it's like, dude, you kind of sound like a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got the six woman tag uh, match between Damage Control and the legends, Becky Lynch, Lita, and uh, Trish, right? So. It was a lot better than I expected it to be. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, all shined, really, in my eyes, except for Lita. Um, I, I think, didn't think Trish did that great, either. I think Trish but, did pretty good. She hasn't yeah. been wrestling as much as Lita. She hasn't wrestled in fucking forever since, what, Evolution or whatever it was, they said? So, yeah, yeah I mean, for, for that, you got to take that in consideration. I thought she did pretty good. Uh, she was definitely moving a lot better than Lita, who's been wrestling. I would have gave the fucking tag team titles to Trish and Becky instead if Trish had enough time to do it. Um... Glad the turn didn't happen at Mania. Um, if it did happen at Mania, I was hoping it would happen after the match, not during the match. That would be fucking stupid. Too much build-up for that match for you to just be, oh, I'm going to walk away from the team in the middle of fucking WrestleMania. That's stupid. Um, a lot of people had a problem with the damage control losing again, and I'm sitting there like... Or no, not necessarily damage. Like they had a problem with damage control losing, but they also had a problem with Bailey eating the pin, and I'm sitting there like, dude, Becky versus bailey has been Becky the fucking story Bailey. the entire yeah. time. If anyone's gonna take the pin, it's gonna be Bailey or Becky. So it didn't matter. Yeah. So if you do that, if you do that without having it leader pinning leader, it it does hurt that going forward in the sense that like they don't have anything to fight over because one or it just seems like, be like the yeah, storyline could still continue. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's not that part didn't bother me at all. I did. I, I think of all the matches on the card. I think the wrestling in this one was probably the weakest. But that wasn't necessarily anyone's fault because obviously we've got two people in there who haven't wrestled regularly in a really long time. They're a lot older. They were never like fucking, you know, the Kenny Omegas. Well, of their the other thing you've got to take into consideration as well that they're given the least amount of time out of all the matches on the show, minus Miz and Pat McAfee, which way don't count. They're getting the least amount were... of time with six people that they have to try to showcase because, of course, everybody wants to see the legends do their spots. But then you also have Dakota Kai, EO, and Bailey and Becky sitting there that can actually fucking wrestle that have to get time too. Yeah, I I don't. Okay, so the reason I don't really take that into consideration is I know that they were given the less time because Trish and Lita can't work a fucking thirty minute match. That's why. So that. But I'm saying the the reason that you might not like the match as much is because they had to cram a bunch of shit into a smaller uh, time frame or whatever. So it was a more lot of the, the psychology isn't the there. It was definitely more about how they were doing the shit. I felt like Lita and Trish were both... And again, this is not a knock on them. I understand their age. I understand they haven't been wrestling regular in a while or whatever. But a lot of those spots, it just felt like they were moving in fucking slow motion. And that's yeah, the, the only thing, biggest, The only spot like, I really noticed that I really didn't like was the poetry of motion was terrible. Other than that, I didn't really didn't have a even, huge issue. Yeah, I, when he called it a poetry of motion, I'm like, that's not what that move is. That, that was just a... He, she jumped up and did like a little bit of a forearm. That's not what that is. Um, so yeah, I she didn't even back up all the way to the other corner. Like she didn't know what was going on. Like she didn't know what she was supposed to be doing. Like what do you think supposed to be doing when somebody gets on there all fours and you're a fucking member of the team extreme for twenty years? Like I don't yeah. know. Like what did you think she was trying to do? And I don't know if maybe Trish was too close for her to do it well. I don't know what the what the issue was with that whole setup. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Didn't look good. I felt like her and Trish the whole time were pretty slow, which is always like a really big. Trigger is not the right word, but it's something I always pick up on a lot in um, WWE women's matches. Like, if they're slow, it's the first thing I notice. I noticed it with one of uh, Charlotte's TV matches the other night. It yeah, was just Shotzi. like, God, Shotzi, yeah. And, you know, they're both great wrestlers. But for whatever reason, when their communication isn't good enough for them to just fucking go, like, 100%, and you clearly Charlotte can because she had a great match here with Rhea, and I think Charlotte, or Shotzi's a, a really good wrestler, too. But when that communication isn't there and they have to do everything at like fucking 0.5 pace, it takes me out of the match so bad. And there were so many spots in this one where I'd, I definitely felt that way. So um, of all the matches, I, I think this one was probably the weakest for me personally. Um, 
you know, you could make the case for uh, Theory Cena being weaker, but I don't know. I mean, they're they're pretty much the same to me. I, of, let's, of the well, whole let's card, talk about another match that a lot of people might think that it could be in that conversation too. It was Rey Mysterio Dominic Mysterio, which I thought was actually I love this match. I mean, I don't want to say I loved it, but it was it was good. It was solid. I Ray won. Obviously, that was the right call. Clearly, mm-hmm. uh, Bad Bunny got involved, so you got the main part of the story <laughs> done, but also set up some residual story for the Backlash pay per view in in Puerto Rico, which is awesome mm-hmm. because you could do, you could either do Dom and, and Dom and Damian versus Bad Bunny and Ray, or you could do Ray, Ray Dom and uh, oh, LWO shit. baby, Ray Santos Dom and Escobar. yeah, Ray Dom and Santos versus uh, Damian Judge Finn Bunny. and. Um, Dominic. So, like, you could either do a six-man tag, you could do a tag team match, whatever. Is, the fucking people are going to go nuts in Puerto Rico. So, I thought that was smart because, like, really the main part of the story is good. So now Dom can be like, I would have won if if uh, Bad Bunny didn't fucking put his two cents or his nose in my business type deal, and then you can go from there. But then after that, then that story's done. You already know that story is done after Puerto Rico. So yeah. that's cool. I do like that. Um, so I thought that was very well done, and match placement was pretty good in this one, too, I think. Um, you think Dom and Ray need to reconcile to end that storyline, or they just kind of go their separate ways with Dom being a heel and Ray doing mid card face shit for the rest? No, nope, the career? story like, the story concludes with them still on the outs and on different brands even after the draft. Keep them on separate brands. Get to a point where you have the Judgment Day finally turn on Dom because they don't need him anymore, and then Ray comes back and saves his ass from getting his ass beat. Yeah, that's yeah. how you do that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, what did you think of that of that match? I thought it was good. The I, cinnamon I toast liked... crunch match, by the way. Huh? Yeah, that was the cinnamon toast crunch match. Yeah, like, I like no joke. Shit. Like if you, there was an article saying that they were gonna do a match with like Bray Wyatt was gonna be the cinnamon toast crunch match because they had another sponsorship deal, like they did the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. But then when Bray Wyatt pulled out due to whatever the fuck's going on with him. I guess they just threw it on the Rey Mysterio match, which ended up working out perfectly because they got the Luchador cereal. And I'm sitting there like, well, that's kind of, I don't know if that's racist or if that's just a perfect fucking setup because I was like, they didn't call it a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, but they clearly had the, the logos were everywhere. They had the Cinnamon Toast Crunch mascot out there. It was, it was crazy as fuck. Like, I was like, this kind of worked out, honestly. Um, Sean Ross made the funniest fucking tweet this morning about that. Last night he tweeted, um, WWE is making millions from these ringside ads. And then this morning, he quoted himself and said, beat your son in the name of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is a, it's a little bit weird to have that sponsor a match. Um, and just Mountain so everybody Dude knows, I, found, I saw those, I saw that serial uh, like a week ago, and I posted, I made a post about it. I was like, dude, how do you know you're a wrestling nerd when you have to buy this fucking cereal just because it has a wrestling ring on the fucking cover with Luchador cereal? And I didn't open it until yesterday. I ate a bowl yesterday for WrestleMania night one. I ate a bowl this morning for night two. Like, that's, it's fucking insane. But it worked. It's working. They have so many fucking ads. Okay. You got to stop falling for the shit. I did it before that. I just found it in the store randomly. I never saw an ad for it. Yeah. Is there an ad for it? Because I bet that ad is fucking hilarious. If Luchador fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch is eating, uh, beating the shit out of each other in the, in the (sighs) commercials. Gotta be like weekly, uh, weekly TV ad that they play on. USA or something. You would yeah, think, like right? Saturday morning cartoon type deal, maybe. But I don't watch Saturday morning cartoon, so I never saw the ad. I didn't even know they existed until I saw it at work, and I was like, I gotta get these motherfuckers. These got a fucking wrestling ring on it. It's fucking badass. But go ahead. What did you think of the match? Though? <laughs> uh, match was good. I thought the uh, I thought the entrances were great. Both entrances were really good. Um, the Dom thing. It's it's so like everybody complains. Everybody's like, oh, they're. I don't like the stupid prison thing. Like, I don't know why they play it up. Like, blah, blah. the whole fuck. That's the joke. The joke is that he was in prison for like three or four hours. He got arrested, was in like a holding tank and then got let go that same day. And that it's like supposed to have severely changed him. That's the whole fucking point yes, of the joke. It's supposed to be like that because it's just like a real kid in real life who thinks he's badass because he went to prison. He for went to jail months, for three hours. You're about to get your the- ass kicked because you're about to fucking run into a real adult. Right. Who actually yeah, has it's... life experience. Yeah, that's the entire point. And the, also the other part of it is the rest of the Judgment Day hyping him up to make him think that he's something yeah. that he's not. That's literally the entire point. Blinded by friends and pussy, and then you fucking completely change and alienate everybody else, your family or your friends or whatever, and then you get brought back to reality by 
Rey Mysterio, your family, the fans, etc. Oh, I'm a WWE Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah, I thought that I thought the entrances were cool. I thought everybody complaining about the Dom prison themed entrance was completely fucking missing the point of why that's so funny. Um, I thought he actually looked really good in the mask too. I don't I don't know if you saw when he was still wearing it or whatever, but it actually suited him really well. Um, he's got a good chin. Um, match was great. Uh, no complaints. I thought this was actually one of the high spots of the night. It was like the big feel-good moment that everybody wanted. Yeah, the bad bunny spot that popped everybody. Yeah, I don't... I think this was exactly what it needed to be. Great match. Alright, let's talk about my match of the night. Rhea versus Charlotte. Alright? I think it was most people's match of the night. It was def it was mine, it was mine and it wasn't close, and I'll explain to why it wasn't close later after we do the main event. But, mm. uh... This was like a WWE-style match that started out. Then it turned into where they wanted to show out at Mania type of match. Then it turned into a fucking Joshi match, right? They just are beating the shit out of each other. Um, so it was basically like three different matches rolled into one. The fans got super fucking involved into it. Really fucking, like, not at the beginning, I don't think. When, like, Charlotte was got the upper hand at the in the early parts of the match. But later on, when they were going back and forth, oh, they were definitely going. The only nitpick I have of this match, and it is a... It is a five-star match for me for uh, for women's wrestling. It is a five-star match for me. The slight nitpick I have is the fact with psychology-related. As Charlotte, how many times are you going to go for the fucking move and get kicked in your ass when you try to go to figure four to the, turn into the figure eight before you realize, hey, maybe I should try this a different way or maybe or I should faster. turn faster. <laughs> yeah, faster. Something, dude. I'm sitting yeah. there like... Dude, she went for it like eight times in the match and never fucking hooked it. And I was like, what in the fuck are you doing? But other than that, that was obviously a nitpick. But um, but because she went for it so many times, it was easy to pick up on it. But no, this match was fucking insanely good. I was wondering, because it happened so many times, I was like, I wonder if she's accidentally repeating a spot. Or like if Rhea was fucking up. Like, you're not supposed to kick her out of that spot. That was the last spot. You're not supposed to do that on this one. It's supposed to get sunk in or whatever. Um, but then they just had to go with it. Because it did feel weird to run that same spot so many times. Um, the other thing from a psychology point of view that I wasn't crazy about was that Charlotte being like the veteran that she is and however many times champion and whatever, you would think at a certain point would stop doing shit so close to the ropes. Knowing that Rhea can just rope break. I didn't, I wasn't, there wasn't enough, like, dragging her back into the center. It was, um... But that's so minor. The match overall, like, it's such a stupid thing to nitpick. Because the well, match I mean, overall... It was, was really like, good. okay, so they haven't wrestled for three years, right? Since the last WrestleMania. And the people that she usually wrestles isn't as big as Rhea. They're not as big as Charlotte. You get what I'm saying? So maybe, I mean, if I was going to play devil's advocate for kayfabe, that's what I would say. But, yeah, I mean, if... Rhea's what? what? Rhea's what, like, five... Rhea's just as tall eight. as Charlotte? <clears throat> Lance Storm said how tall Rhea was the other day, and she confirmed it. Hold on, I'll tell you. But I, I thought the match was fucking insane. I don't know how, and I don't. I'm not gonna say that they don't have a chance, but I don't know how Oscar and Bianca are gonna top that or even be equal to that. Now I won't say they're not gonna have a chance because it's fucking Oscar we're talking about, and Bianca's really fucking talented as well. But it's gonna be. They've got to be watching that match and be like, oh shit, we got pressure on us now. Like, for real. So Rhea this is, is a match that a lot of people thought should main event night one. I'm glad it didn't. But then after I watched it, I had tweeted out, I was like, man, maybe it should have gone on last because it was my favorite match of the night, but it still wouldn't have made any sense. Uh, for what you've been pushing storyline-wise, it's still, if I was Triple H, he'd still made the right call of what the main event was. And as we've stated on the show many times on pay-per-view, uh, reviews the main event necessarily isn't the best match of the of the night anyway you know what i'm saying like the fucking page and page and omega versus the young bucks wasn't the main event yeah but it was um, the best match of the night here's the thing too with people complaining about that that i fucking i actually replied to somebody that i'm not um like i'm friendly with her i um i talked to her outside of twitter actually or did i don't anymore but some girl was uh tweeting um complaining that it wasn't the main event i was like like oh she won the royal rumble why isn't it main eventing why why did the men get the main event on their night when that's the royal rumble winner it's like that's not it's never been that way like you can go back and look at the last like 10 wrestlemanias and the royal rumble winner did not always main event 
it, the the guarantee is that you get a title match. The guarantee is not you main event WrestleMania. It's never been. Um, Seth Rollins, like I mentioned earlier, actually opened the WrestleMania for the Royal Rumble that he won. Nakamura's match was like three before the main when he did the one with AJ when he won in his year. Uh, Rousey didn't main event after she won the Rumble. Um, like and there's that Nakamura won Nakamura nor Oscar main event because that was still when it was night only one night. So you had two Royal Rumble winners that didn't main event and nobody was like up in arms about oh why wasn't this on last can't put um, two matches on at the same time yeah that's i mean that's part of it too so the women's um the women's royal rumble hasn't been allowed around super super long but obviously the men's has and we can go back in history and look and the reason that a lot of them ended up maining of main eventing wasn't because the royal rumble guarantees you a main event it's because back then <laughs> there were only so many fucking like things you could possibly t put at the top of the card and it was usually the main championship program that's why and one world title by the way one world right. title makes a difference as well pre-universal title exactly um so it's pretty obvious what was always going to main event it was going to be that title um so yeah I, the complaints about that i you know i i could tell um maybe i couldn't tell maybe this is just me guessing and reading into their their match and i shouldn't do that but I would guess that the reason that they, they did have such a great match was probably a little bit of resentment about not being on in the main event um, and trying to prove a point. Like well, saying, there was hey, that I'm article that there are a lot of female or a lot of women wrestlers in uh, WWE are having issues with creative booking recently. So that, probably, might, that might have had something to do with it too. And we're really going to be able to tell when Bianca and Asuka go out there, just so you know. Yeah, um, I'm actually really looking forward to that because I, I already thought that that match would probably be better than this one. So if they do manage to do that, it'd be cool. Um, but yeah, uh, you could tell they're, you know, a lot of people don't understand that that's not historically how it's been. So that's not a good argument. If you want to make the argument that because they were able to put on a really good match, that means that they should have main evented because the really good match should main event. That's not how it is, even in other promotions. Um, that's why we talk about matches that steal the show a lot of the time. Generally speaking, what you're going to do is you're going to have the match go on last that has the most storyline backing to it. That's just how it's always been. The biggest um, example of this, besides, uh, the, I mean, the biggest example of this in history, not modern history, because modern history, it's the Young Bucks versus Hangman and Omega, obviously, mm -hmm. right? But the, what's the one that everybody pointed to? It was Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3 when the main event was Hogan and Andre. And yeah. everybody came out of it's like, holy shit, Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat was fucking amazing. And all the wrestlers that came after that, like the Jerichos and everything like that and the Storms and stuff, guess what match they were paying attention to? Guess yeah. what match they modeled their wrestling style after? It was Macho Man and Steamboat, not Hogan and fucking Andre. So it's been all the way back to WrestleMania 3 where just because you think that was going to be the best match or the best match doesn't necessarily always main event. It's not always, like you said, we've already covered the Royal Rumble aspect of it. But yeah, either way, either way you slice it doesn't mean you're guaranteed a WrestleMania main event. And I think they made a case that they could main event future main events, right? That's great for them because they went out there and killed it and now you know they but can. It's not and new now information. Well, like, yeah, I agree. Because I thought I mean, their I thought their other before. I thought their other WrestleMania match with no crowd was really good. It was yeah. one of the better matches on that on that WrestleMania, or for which was not a great WrestleMania besides that and like the AJ Styles Undertaker cinematic match, right? So, no. so uh, it's not it's not anyone questioning whether they can do it or not. Um, I mean, sometimes you do have really two two good really talentless and they just don't click. But we've already seen that Rhea and Charlotte do click. So, yeah. um, it's not it wasn't a question of whether they could do it or not. It was a question of whether or not uh, they deserved it to be in the main event spot. And they would have if it wasn't for the Bloodline versus Sami Zayn storyline. If that storyline did not exist, then yes, they would have been the main event. You know how I know? Because that was the best story going on that anybody wanted to talk about that had anything to do with a title on night one. And two, because it was the second to last match. So it would have automatically been bumped up to main event if the Sami Zayn thing never happened. Or if it was Sami Zayn versus Roman instead on night two. I think a lot of it comes from people are looking at Cody on night two and saying, well, Cody won the Royal Rumble, so he's main eventing. And why does the men's Royal Rumble winner get to blah, blah, blah? And it's just like, bro, you were taking out all the context from the fact that Roman reigns. But that still falls into my problem. 
Okay, well, you still have two women titles. Yeah. You only have two nights of WrestleMania, not three. You, yep. you know why that's main event night too? Because there's only one world champion right now because they're fucking on the same person. So yep. let's say Roman didn't have the title, right? Let's say it was, uh, let's say it was Sami Zayn that had the world title instead, or the chance at the world title. You think Sami Zayn's main event night one over Rhea and Charlotte, and then Cody's going to main event night two? I don't. Uh, I think it'll be one of those situations where they fucking have it lower down on the card or opening the show instead. Uh, I could see them opening it with the excuse of Reigns is going to need more time to recuperate because he's main eventing the next night, so they want to give him as long as possible between matches. Um, and that would make sense storyline-wise and w- it wouldn't really hurt the, the like levity of the match or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, there's... there's well, let's go back four... Let's go back, what, three, four years ago, right? Before... When the titles were still set. Well, not even. It wasn't even. He hasn't had all. He hasn't had both that for the entire three years or whatever. But let's go back before he was had both titles, right? Mm-hmm. So you got two men's champions, two women's champions, two nights of WrestleMania. There's two people that's not main eventing. Yep. I mean, that there's was two the people that are. Her. Like, what? Was... What do you want? Like, I don't understand what you're. Like, what are you even complaining about, dude? Do the math. It doesn't even make sense. So no, I I completely agree with you. Speaking of the tag team match, the main event did go on last, like everyone believed Sammy and Jay deserved out of the four, for sure, right? Because they were the ones that were carrying the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Roman did a good job, but we already know he's main event in night two. But I'm, what I'm saying is, for the people that are involved in this match, Jay and Sammy are the reasons why this motherfucker is the main event. All right? And the match was really good because of the story and the callbacks and the match and all this stuff, right? Um, it was very solid, but the problem I have and why I think that Charlotte Rhea is better is because nothing in the match shocked me to the point that the Usos had a chance to retain. There was nothing that made me be like, oh, oh my God, they're going to change their mind. The Usos are about to win. Nothing. And I think that's a big issue for me. I think on the double splash spot, that was the closest they could have done to having the crowd bite on the false finish. And I was never at any point like, he's not going to kick out of that. Because it was just such a foregone conclusion from the way they've told that story. So, yeah, I, I agree. Well, that's... I mean, because the match is really good. Really fucking yeah. good tag team match. One of the better tag team matches in WWE history, for sure. Here's but, the crazy thing, too. A bunch of people are focusing on the... Going back just a little bit to the women's thing. They're like, oh, women don't get to main event a lot of pay-per-views, blah, blah, blah. This is the first time that a tag team has ever main evented WrestleMania. Yeah, but no one's, so no one's bringing that up. Yeah, that, that doesn't matter, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is literally the first time... A tag team like, match has ever main evented WrestleMania. Ever. Which means, which it, means women main evented WrestleMania it. before a tag team match did. And yeah. and we can't give a pass to Charlotte and Rhea not main eventing night one because of this happening instead. That that tells you the lack of fucking pushes and faith that they have as a company in tag teams in general for it to never have main evented, right? So in the 50 plus year history of WrestleMania, well not of WrestleMania, but 40 year history of WrestleMania, but 50 plus year of WWE, tag teams have never been pushed to that level that we saw last night. Women and have. They And they talk, you know, all Rhea and Charlotte deserve it, whatever. The fucking Usos deserve it. They've been carrying that storyline that's been the highest selling point of SmackDown viewership for fucking months. Almost years at this point. If you take about all the way back to the original Jay and Reign stuff. So yeah, well, it's, Usos it's deserve crazy. it anyway I mean, for longevity and how long they've been at the top of the fucking tag team division and all the classic matches yeah. they've had with the New Day and all these other teams. They deserve it just for existing, like they did with Booker T and WCW. Eventually, that was like, dude, fucking let's give him a shot have, and see what the, the fuck bl- happens. Give him the fucking title. Let's see. Well, he deserves it. And I think coming off a 600-day reign or whatever it was, the crazy-ass number they got out to him, of course you have the main event. It's silly not to. There's too much gravity to that match. For so many different reasons to not have a main event, so yeah. Where would you place the? Where would you place that match on the like the list of top five best tag team matches? It doesn't make the top five for you. Fuck. The problem with we already know what number one is, right? Everybody knows it's fucking Young Bucks and Omega and Page at Revolution. Yeah, Um, and then and I know we don't know the entire history of all tag team wrestling off the top of our head because it's not pushed. To be that important in our heads back then it's more important now in modern wrestling than it was then but the, the problem is you've got 
so many FTR Briscoe matches mixed yeah, in there no, now. They, exactly. Then they, all the so matches that are in the top five would probably be modern shit, right? The like the last yeah. ten years, easy. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers in the Escalera de Muerte. Exactly. But if you're going to bring that in, then you also have to bring in the ladder match with the Edge, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, or the TLC matches with the Dudleys and yeah. the Edge and Christian and the Hardys. So that's what I'm it's, saying. Does it does it crack the top five because it is the first ever time that it's main event at WrestleMania and it had the story to push it to that degree? Or did the match not live up to the other matches enough for you to not to put it in the top five? I don't think in wrestling quality it did, but that's not a knock on the match. It's just that there's a lot to live up to now. The match I thought was great. I thought they did a really good job, but it's hard to reach that FTR Briscoe's dog collar match level. It's hard to reach that, you know, everything that went into the, the Hangman Omega um, versus but Young that, Bucks See, that's match. the thing, is what I just said about why it... I knocked it down a peg from the Rhea Charlotte match. When we went into the Young Bucks versus Omega and Paige match, who did we think was going to win that match? Uh, I think everybody thought the Young Bucks were going to win at the time. Okay, they and when Edge and though, Christian were in the TLC matches with the Hardys and Dudleys, no one knew who the fuck was going to win those matches. Yeah. That's that's my point. FTR and Briscoes, no one knew who the fuck was going to win those matches. So that element of not knowing really enhances a fucking match and you being invested into that match. Whereas this one, the only drawback of the match was... Sammy and KR are winning. 100% they're winning. And you know that no matter what happens in the match. Yeah. Um, but then we... The thing is we complain about that, right? Because it does make for a, a lesser viewing experience or whatever. But we also would have fucking hated it if the Usos won. Because we would have been like, this doesn't make no, sense. See, here's just the thing. Swerve. I, I won't say I would have hated it. I would have felt bad for Sammy and KO, right? But what that would have done for me is really doubt Cody winning the next night. And then now, going into the literally the main event of night two, I'd have been like, oh shit, maybe not. And then I would have been more invested in that match because I 100% think Cody's winning. I'm going to have the exact same fucking issue that I have with the tag team match that I have with this Roman versus Cody thing. But if the Usos would have fucking won, dude, I would have been like, oh shit, Cody might not fucking win this. They might be going for the 1,000 uh, day reign, which would have been fucking insane. Top, I would have been paying a lot more attention to the Cody Roman match, I'll tell you that. See, I'm the opposite. I feel like if they had the Usos lose, then I would have been more confident. Or the Usos win, rather, that I would have been more confident that Reigns uh, loses. So only because they have to they have to keep pushing that tension between them. And oh, so the, you're saying like if Jay, so Jay could be like, I'm still a champion. I'm still a champion. Yeah, you lost you're your not, match. Yeah, yeah, you lost your on top. top. Yeah. 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 Okay, I can see that. But that's not my initial thought process, nor would it have been. I, I still would have been like, nah, the bloodline's still going to fucking, oh, it's going to be like the Bullet Club. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> type fine deal. Baby. Everything's fine, man. Uh, and then then it starts slowly chipping away and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, they they prolonged it a little bit. So mm. I would have been, that's probably would have been my initial reaction, though, not not the one that you just had. But yeah, that would make sense if you really are going to tell the J versus Roman thing. But there's also a subset of people that are thinking that it's going to be Solo in that spot and not J. Because be of, one, the end of the fucking Goodfellas thing. And because, two, they're really high on Solo and they're apparently going to push him to the moon after WrestleMania. So it might be Solo versus Roman instead, which would be crazy. He's not ready. I agree, but neither is Gunther. And Gunther is ready. He really is, and we're all going to find out fucking on WrestleMania night, too. I promise you that. So, Which overall, you said you would give this a A- minus or B plus. A- minus or B plus. I thought it was a really good show. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was not... this show was really good because our bar was so low, low for night one. No, that's because I, I, I thought about that, too. I actually went into it um, expecting a few good matches. Um... And I thought everything else would be kind of average. It wasn't like I, I, everybody kind of shows out for WrestleMania, you know. It's not like they don't they phone it in or anything. Um, so no, I, I expected it to be decent. I expected it to be you know C, maybe low B, whatever. The reason it gets pushed up for me is just that it was so much better than that. It wasn't like a you know it wasn't like a bigotry of low expectations thing where you expect them to fail. So then it's like well okay they did okay and now it's no it's like legitimately good, not relatively good. All right, so that is going to do it for our WrestleMania Night 1 review. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Pleasantly surprised by Night 1 for me. Uh, like I said, I gave it a, uh, what did I give it, a B? 
Oh, yeah. B. B even, yeah. So B even for me. B plus to an A minus for Ryan. Uh, hopefully Night 2 lives up to that. Because we thought Night 2 was going to be the better card. But now it's kind of like, ooh, I don't know. Can you handle that? Can you handle that card or that night right there? I hope so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And we'll have our review for that one as well on our YouTube channel. If you liked this video, definitely hit us up with the thumbs up. And subscribe to the channel. And you can also follow us on Twitter at RealMonsterCast. And we appreciate it. And we appreciate all of the love from this uh, last couple of weeks. Especially... Uh, it being the busiest time in wrestling for the entire year. So it's been fucking chaotic as hell to say the least. But hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy WrestleMania Night 2. Deuces!